Well, let's, let's, say try this, let's try this again. And yeah, just one more time. Welcome to the 50th episode, number five zero, half of a hundred, of the Music Video Land podcast put on by your friends at filmedinsert.com. Friends to the end. Adam Farahome, that's me. And with me uh, 50 times in a row, except for that one time that he was replaced by the talking robot from MASH, is uh, Doug Klinger. How you doing, Doug? Super good, Adam. Episode 50 good over on this end here. How are you? Also, episode 50, good. I'm back. Sorry about the, you know, the crappy audio last week on my part. I'm back in Raleigh, North Carolina with my beautiful microphone. Smooth, smooth sounds of Adam Fairholm and coming a, at you. Yeah, it's very smooth. And for our 50th episode, we are really happy to welcome to the podcast a really talented and prolific music video director, Mr. Matt Alonzo, director and editor. So uh, prolific, in fact. You can advertise to his fan base on Facebook. That's right. He's a very popular uh, director. He has definitely, uh, interestingly enough, has a kind of a fan base, for which is uh, unique for a music video director. Would you say that that is accurate, Doug? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so, no, just kidding. Uh, and so Matt is uh, a director of, like Doug said, many hip-hop videos, including... Uh, several from uh, members of Odd Future, Martians vs. Goblins video, which we're a big fan of for the game, uh, Cocaine for the internet, and a few other the internet videos, as well as the Soldier Boy Tell Him video. He's one of the, we've had several directors who have directed the Soldier Boy video, and he directed Turn My Swag on, um, as well as several videos for Exhibit. He was actually just in Iraq recently uh, with Exhibit and filmed a music video there, and we'll hear about that. And also, um, the music video, the, so for a music video for the song that you cannot get away from if you ever listen to pop radio, and that is like a G6 by the Far East Movement. So a lot of great videos to his credit, and we're going to hear uh, our interview with Matt coming up in the second half of the show. But I think, I think in the first half, if this is the 50th episode, big deal, Matt Alonso, very prolific director, you can advertise to his fan base, big deal. Um, we should take on a topic that in the world of music videos is a big deal, wouldn't you say? That's right. And that, music, and that topic is the music video's biggest night out, as they say. I don't know who says that, but I just said it. And that is the MTV Music Video Awards, the 2012 MTV Music Video Awards, which are coming up in on September. And last week, the... Uh, Wait, first of all, big ups to Thomas McMahon on that, on that note with, with that, because he is... Um, he is in, in, involved heavily in, in many of the VMAs as he is behind all of the graphics and will be this year as well. So that's just throwing that out there. So that is correct. Thomas McMahon was on this podcast on episode 32, which you can find and listen to in the comfort of your own home at filmdinster.com slash podcast, where all of the past 49 episodes leading up to this point can be streamed live. Not live, but you get the idea. Um, and uh, it was a great, that was a great interview with Thomas. He talks a lot about uh, his 
designing graphics for not only VMAs, but a few other really high-profile award shows, including the Oscars. So that brings us to the 2012 MTV Music Video Awards, which are going to air on September 6th. Uh, and the nominations for this awards show were announced last week in the various categories, uh, such as, you know, from Video of the Year, they have the sort of best in different categories, like hip-hop, rock, pop, and they have uh, technical categories as well, like editing, art direction, cinematography, as well as the um, kind of non-sequitur category, best video with a message. They always kind of play around with these categories. But uh, there's some really solid choices here. What's your First of all, what's your favorite category? Because I think best video with a message is mine because it seems pretty absurd kind of category. Not to say that those videos are, are bad, but it's like, like I, I wish I knew what the definition of that was. Like, what is it... What does it need? Like, does it need to be a positive message? Does it need to be, you know, like something that also in, you know, abides by the Geneva Fair Trade Agreement? <laughs> like, what, what do they mean by a message? I'm really interested in that. What's your favorite category, Adam? Well, uh, you know, they've pared it down over the years. And in, in the show notes, we'll put a link to uh, this list on Wikipedia of past award categories. Some of them are truly bizarre. Um, a few from 2007, Quadruple Threat of the Year, I'm not sure what that means, Monster Single of the Year. Um, they, remember they used to have the Breakthrough Video? Um, they used to have Best Collaboration. Uh, from 89 to 90, they had Best Postmodern Video, which gives you a little taste of what 1989 to 90 was like. Um, In the they, 90s, they also just had Best Sinead O'Connor Video, <laughs> which is weird. Uh, and they used to have Best R&V Video and then Best Rap Video until they changed it to Best uh, Hip Hop Video. Now here's the interesting thing, they used to have the MTV2 Award, which I, that lasted from 2001 to 2006, um, and, and officially they say it recognized the, uh, the best videos to pre premiered and or got their start on MTV's sister channel, MTV2, um, and it was fan voted, so I guess that was sort of the category where they shoved all the indie stuff. But um, yeah, the, the, which is what they, which is what MTV Two was supposed to be to begin with, right? Was in like, a way, yeah, I think so. Oh, and he, now here's another weird one: best video game soundtrack. So they they experiment with these things all the time. I I really and they change, they also that. changed the name because new artists was Bake Breakthrough and stuff like that. Like they'll they'll remix the names sometimes as well. So right, and uh, so I have a feeling that we'll see best video with a message on in that list of. Uh, of you know, past categories. I think that that just, oh, no, that's a bad joke. I'm not saying it. Oh, God, it was right. It was, I almost said that joke. Uh, I'm, all right, I'm going to say it anyway. It uh, Just to show you how bad that joke was and that I'm right for not telling it and wrong for now retelling it anyway. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's all music videos where people get texts. So we should talk about the uh, best direction in a video um, because I think that's, you know, being a podcast that, um, I just rolled over that one. Maybe being a podcast that deals <laughs> no, with... Which what you're supposed to do. With Whist, music video. Oh, can directors. you put some crickets, crickets in there? Can you put crickets in there? If I was editing it, I would, but that'd be funny. Um, I don't need to. So uh, we have best direction in a video, which is one of the technical categories. By the way... Uh, one of the new features that we're launching very soon, hopefully it'll be out by the time that this podcast comes out, is an awards section. So you can actually uh, check out all the categories uh, throughout the years as well as the winners and watch the videos right there um, on the site. I'll link to it if it's up by then. If not, 
then uh, check out the Twitter feed for when that's happening. That sounds uh, like a great feature that any music video lover would love and use all the time. It's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. Uh, so yeah. let's talk about the best direction in a video nominees. Uh, we have Adria Petty for Princess of China uh, by Coldplay and Rihanna, which was one of my picks of the week several weeks ago, a fan of that video. We have uh, Mr. Keith Schofield for Big Bad Wolf by Duck Sauce, which uh, is where the heads are on the genitals. Doug, I know you're a big fan of that video, as am I. Love it, love it a lot. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Spike Jones, familiar name for Otis by Jay-Z and Kanye West, which also made our list of uh, videos that have American flags in them. Uh, and Great list. We have uh, Romaine Garvas, I'm sorry, Romaine Gavras for Bad Girls by MIA, uh, another fantastic video. And then we have uh, uh, Nabil, uh, I hear him reference, usually it's just Nabil, but he's built here as Nabil Elderkin for Swim Good by Frank Ocean, which is one of my favorite song titles of all time. Swim Good by Frank Ocean? Why? Because Ocean and Swim? No, just Swim Good is a funny title name for a song. Oh, it's a great song and, and an equally great video. Um, uh, I do believe that in the, in the technical categories, you will often see, see people that are clearly deserving, um, you know, especially in the categories where you're seeing people by name, best direction in the video, and you're seeing the director there next to them. I mean, it would be tough to argue against... Um, Really, any of those five videos in the in the, in that technical category, and really most of the other technical categories, those pr stay pretty true true to what they they say best cinematography in a video, best you know whatever in a video. That seems pretty accurate. But I think in those other categories, especially the video of the year, that it could be argued that um, that they're not necessarily giving. It, taking the the video into consideration completely in that category, uh, how do you feel about that? I agree in the in the technical categories. I think I have a little bit of a tough decision uh, to make because uh, you know there's so many music videos out there, and then MTV is a little bit more about um, I think one could argue a bit more about pop culture than it is about the you know technical craft of making music videos. So. You have uh, a little bit of a dilemma like the Oscars faced, where you know that's when they took their, uh, you know, nominations for Best Picture. What did they take it from five to ten, and they went back to down to seven, um, somewhere around there to include sort of more popular picks. Um, I think you know when we were talking offline, Doug, you mentioned that uh, if you didn't know anything about music videos, you could probably pick with some degree of accuracy. Um, at least you know one or two of the video of the year picks on there, or at least some of them in in the sort of the music categories rather than the technical categories. Yeah, all you need to really you you could have never seen a music video, and all you could have like known about is pop culture or what's popular on the radio, and you could have known that you you should be able to guess that like oh there's probably going to be a you know there'll definitely be a Katy Perry video in there, there'll probably be a Rihanna, and uh, I keep hearing that Gautier song on the radio all the time, so I bet you that one's in there too. I mean, you might not get the MIA one necessarily. I think then that one. Um, that that's that's one from that list of five. Here, here's 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 my point with that. At the end of 2012, you know, us included, but so many websites are going to put out a list of their top ten videos of 2012, and um, all of those lists will probably include MIA, Bad Girls, maybe a few will have Gautier, somebody that I used to know, um, but I I personally think that that's just going to be a result of its extreme popularity, not necessarily. 
because it's such a groundbreaking or incredible video like the Bad Girls video is. But then I think the other three video, Katy Perry, Wide Awake, Rihanna, We Found Love, and Drake, Take Care, I, I doubt that you'll find those videos on on most bests of 20, 2012 lists. You're, you're not going to see them, you know, shortlisted at South by Southwest typically or, or at, you know, at Vimeo Awards. You know, they're not the... Those... Or don't seem to be being judged based on what the music video is. Not whether or not it's a bad or good music video is not what I'm saying here. It just doesn't seem like that was what what the qualifications of that category are. Well, I think that brings me to a, a thought that occurred to me while kind of thinking about the MTV Music Video Awards, um, because you know I think it's important to recognize what award shows are. Um, especially entertainment award shows. You know, a lot of uh, industries have award shows. We just don't know about them because they're not uh, uh, televised. The reason that we watch things like, you know, the Grammys, the Tonys, and the Oscars uh, are because they're popular, they deal with popular entertainers, and, and, you know, we all know the people who are up for awards. And I think it's important to remember that the uh, that award shows are put on by uh, institutions that are there for... Um, that have a vested interest in promoting the um, art or craft of whatever the award show is about. For, so, for example, the Academy Awards are put on the, by the American Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Uh, the Grammy Awards are put on by the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. And the Tony Awards are presented by the American Theatre Wing and the Broadway League. And these are organizations that are, um, uh, you know, all about, you know, the music industry, or the motion picture industry, or the theater industry. So, you know, taking that model, and that's sort of a model that is really uh, kind of tried and true with these older award shows like that, and placing it over to the MTV Music Video Awards, it doesn't really entirely make sense, because as we have, you know, kind of gone into many times, and is kind of a popular joke, MTV does not play music videos anymore. They're more of they've more gone the way of History Channel and so many other channels that originally started with a purpose and have kept the name but gone into other programming, gone into reality programming, and gone into other pop culture programming. So what we have now is an organization, MTV, putting on a award show that is ostensibly for the promotion of the music video industry as a whole. And when it started in 1984, that is you know, probably what it was, as well as promoting the actual channel. But now we have an entity that is not really related in any way to the distribution of you know, the product of the music video industry, and it is still you know, the big platform for music videos. So I think, to your point, Doug, you're getting you know, more of a uh, you know, popular sampling of things than otherwise maybe would be uh, than would be presented. Not to say that the that the quality is any different, but you're I think you're getting a um, a different view of the music video industry that you would be get um, from maybe a different organization. I think it's I think it was more difficult in the past to recognize the fact that the MTV VMAs are definitely from a pop culture perspective first, than from like a music video as an art form perspective because. Um, you know, in the 90s, the most expensive music videos typically were also the best music videos. I think that today with the high quality film equipment that becomes available to everybody and the kind of even playing ground that everyone has 
with the ability to upload music to the internet and videos to the internet and have that same stage as a Rihanna or as a Katy Perry that, um, you know, that, that the best editing isn't necessarily going to be found in a pop band's music video when in the 90s it probably was because that's where the money was in the videos and that's where the editing talent was where the money is. Now the, the, the talent is, is spread out wider because the, uh, the, there's more access to uh, the equipment. And I think that that's an entirely new conversation, but I think that it does play a part in this now that it's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, the editing in that Katy Perry video was good, but what about this this video that you know would never be on MTV? You know, there are certain videos that would just never be nominated for a VMA that would be nominated or would be you know given recognition at a you know at something else that's given an award to a music video, and and those things are few and far between, obviously. So the only thing you have to point to are a Vimeo Awards or a South by Southwest or a, you know, an LA Music Video Festival. There's there's not a lot of other places recognizing music videos, which is why VMAs still have the status that they have. But um, I do think that you know it becomes more obvious now that so many more people can can do good stuff that they they continue to give Lincoln Park awards. It's like what's up, MTV. <laughs> There's better stuff yeah, out here than Linkin Park. Park. Still has fans. I was just actually surprised they were still making music. Honestly, same with Corn. Um, yeah, I, dude. I mean, those those fans stay on, so it's like, well, so let's keep rocking, fellas. Um, you know, it's it, it's interesting to think if you know MTV tomorrow said, you know what, we don't really deal with music videos anymore. Um, why are we putting this on? Obviously, it's profitable for them, or else they probably wouldn't be doing it. Um, and it's, you know, a spotlight for the channel. So I'm sure they're never, you know, in the near future, not going to just, uh, you know, just or dismantle this franchise they, they, they built. But if, you know, if hypothetically, if MTV tomorrow said, you know what, nope, not doing it anymore. And I guess it's interesting to think of, you know, who would take the mantle? I think the problem with the music video industry is that there isn't a Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences like there is with the film industry. This sort of um, uh, kind of institution that um, not only is, you know, well-known within the industry, but also, uh, you know, has a lot of clout. So I think what would happen is it would go over to something like a Vivo or maybe even YouTube, something that is a dis distributor of music videos. And I think you probably get more, you probably get a similar set of, of nominations. I think un unless there was like an you know, academy of you know, or an, you know, some sort of like academy of music video production or something like that, um, where you know it was for the promotion of the industry, but maybe not as tied to the uh, the music industry as well. You might get a different sort of set. So it's an, it's an interesting problem. I, I definitely think music videos and music video the music video awards are such an outlier from everything else that is out there in terms of awards. Yeah, I mean, without like an academy like that, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there are often times that um, a movie will become popular because it was nominated for Best Picture, and people are like, I never even heard of this silent movie before until it got nominated for Best Picture, and now I want to go see it. Um, it it's rare that that's going to happen with Video of the Year, that it's going to be like, what's this random artist I've never heard of and song I've never heard of? You know, the Video of the Year at the VMAs is always going to be people you've heard of, uh, I, I think. I don't think that'll ever change. Not, not to say that these people aren't deserving, not to say that these videos can't be spectacular and, and aren't necessarily, you know what I mean? Like, I, 
MIA Bad Girls may be video of the year <laughs> in actuality and in the MTV definition of it. But, um, you know, it's never going to be someone you haven't heard of. Like, even MIA, who's maybe not quite as popular as Katy Perry and Rihanna. I mean, MIA performed at the halftime show of the Super Bowl, so she's obviously somebody special, right? Oh, definitely. Um, so should we end this conversation by doing our picks uh, for the best video? Let's do picks for two categories. Uh, video, yeah, yeah. Video of the year, and no, let's go for a um, let's go for best direction in a video. Okay. So, uh, Doug, what are you what are you thinking? Oh, oh, that's what that meant. Okay, so <laughs> so video of the year, I'm sticking with MIA Bad Girls, um, standing strong with that one, uh, because um, it's a, it's great. You 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 Adam, what about you Adam? I would have to say that the one that's definitely deserving in my eyes is uh, MIA Bad Girls, and I think that the winner is, is probably going to be Goche. Um, somebody that I used to know. I have a feeling. Uh, not, I think I think it's a very well done video, but I think Bad Girls by MIA, by directed by Romain Cavers, uh, uh, is deserving. And then uh, for best direction in a video, Doug. Best direction in a video is a little bit more difficult for me because um so i i like a lot of these videos a lot i don't know i think that it would be great to see duck sauce keith Schofield win like that's such a such an amazing video um, um but i do think that frank ocean swim good directed by nabil actually could win and i would love to see that happen as well because uh nabil makes awesome videos so and you know any one of his Videos to be recognized uh, would be sweet, but um, but yeah, my top pick would ha would still be Big Bad Wolf, Showfield. You? Yeah, I think this is a tough one because these are all really amazing directors, and I think you've got a good uh, mix of the you know the up and coming and the established. You know, having Spike Jones in there is definitely interesting since he's so, kind of one of the grandfathers of the music video form. Well, not grandfathers, but you know, extremely. Uh, well established. Pretty close though, because he's he's almost like three generations of music video directors ago. Yeah. At this point, you know. So. Well, yeah. my my pick for director, you know, I really like the Princess of China videos. I think Adria Petty would be my uh, pick out of there, and I think that uh, um, I have a feeling that uh, Nabil is going to win for Frank Ocean. So that's so good. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. It, it wouldn't be uncommon because, like we're saying, MTV could be. Um, you know, they may be looking for an opportunity to give uh, Frank Ocean some recognition too. Now he's he's nominated all over the place here, and Three and I, times, I do, yes, yeah. So, um, but you know, like the headline, Frank Ocean Swim Good receives three VMAs is a very potentially big headline, and MTV would love to take that opportunity. Not to say that they would make their decisions based on anything else but quality, but that would be a sweet headline for them. Because because Frank Ocean's super famous this week. And speaking of this week, and a sweet headline for us, uh, the Ooh. headline for this podcast. Oh, you really have to that. Yeah, it's a nice one. It, we're going to go into our interview with Mr. Matt Alonzo. Um, like we mentioned at the top of the podcast, Matt Alonzo has directed a lot of really great hip-hop videos. And because of that, he has he's built up a fan base. Um, he's really done a really amazing job of marketing himself as a director. He's done some really amazing videos for uh, the game, the internet, uh, Exhibit, uh, Forest Movement, um, Chris Cornell, uh, Common, Ice Cube as well, and Cypress Hill. He's done a lot of uh, really 
fantastic hip-hop videos. Go to the show notes, check out his, uh, his uh, link on Filmed Insert, and you'll see him all there, and you can check him out. And um, it was just a, he's a really fun guy to talk to. Uh, so here we go, our interview with uh, music video director and editor, Matt Alonzo. I'm Matt Alonzo. Uh, shoot, I, I've never had to do that before, so it's kind of uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how to how to. I'm Matt Alonzo, and I'm a music video director based out of Los Angeles, California. Really. There you go. That sums it up. That's good. Um, and I, I guess I mean you are extremely prolific. You get a, a lot of press and are a very popular music video director. Um, so we have you know there's. A lot of things that we could talk about. One of the things that I wanted to start off with is there's an article interview with you in Baller Status from about two years ago where you mentioned something about um, that you wanted to get out of music videos. And obviously you're still doing them, you know, all the time right now. So I was just wondering, you know, what's changed from, you know, two years ago to now that's kind of kept you interested in making music videos? Yeah, I mean, I think... um as I've, as I've gotten older, I've just matured a little bit, and I've just realized that no matter how much I want it or how fast I want um, my to, to achieve my goals, I just have to be patient, and I've, lear- I've learned patience. Um, so I, mean, I, still, I have an agent. I still want to get out of music videos. You know, I, I always <laughs> want to do music videos. I think I'm going to do music videos for the rest of my life, for the rest of my career. Um, I love it. You know, I love how fast it is being able to, you know, be artistic and be creative but, but not really have to deal with years and years of, of, uh, even, even, you know, a year of post or anything like that, you know, it's kind of, it's relatively quick as far as, uh, in, in the film world. Um, but yeah, I think patience is the main thing that I've, that I've really learned, you know, and, and, and now I'm just really, really practicing my craft, practicing my storytelling, practicing my shot selection, practicing being able to subconsciously communicate to the, to the audience, things that I didn't really do when I was a little bit, you know, younger. Um, so now I'm just kind of just really using all these music videos as practice and just kind of, um, just trying to tighten up my skills. And when that time comes for me to, you know, take that next step, I'll be, I'll be prepared and, and be ready to go. Another thing you, you talk about a lot in that, that baller status interview is, is, you know, you highlight, you know, all of the hard work that goes into, you know, directing music videos and, 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 for you specifically, also editing music videos and the long hours that are involved, was that something when you came into directing music videos that surprised you about it, or were that was that something that you just wanted to make sure to get across because so few people do? Um, I guess I wasn't surprised. I think I knew once I was in college the, the commitment that came along with it, and I think it's not necessarily just music videos. I think it's um, any career that you really put your you know that you put your heart and soul into it's going to consume you, it's going to consume your life, you know, so, it, and it just so happens that, you know, I write the treatments, I direct the videos, and then I edit the videos, so it's, it's a lot of work for one person, usually directors kind of break that break that up, but I, you know, I started off as an editor originally when I was in college, and I just wanted to edit, I just loved editing, and then, uh, and then I realized, you know, my other talents and my other gifts, and, and uh, so I, I kind of went into that world, but I still kept my editing because it was, you know my what what I started with, and I just felt so 
passionate about it. Um, but I kind of expected it. I kind of knew it was going to be it was going to be an all or nothing type of thing. You know, I had to give everything I had every single day, every single night. And can I continue with that now? I mean, and I, I want people to understand that it's not it's not just fun and games. I mean, yeah, we you know we have a lot of fun on set. You know, I get to travel and, and it's a lot of fun, but there's also so much so much unseen sacrifice that goes along with all that. And I just want kids to know that no matter what what uh, career path they take or what what goals they're trying to achieve, there's just going to be a lot of a lot of hard work and a lot of unseen dedication and sacrifices that uh, that you really just have to endure to get to where you want to be. And I just think it's really important that these kids know that, just that people in general know that, just so that when they do have some hard times or they're working really hard. They don't think that they're not the only one who's who's going through that type of stuff. Now, you know, you, I think out of every director, or maybe every director we've had on this podcast, you probably get as much or if not more, you know, press and articles and things like that and a lot of recognition for your directing work, which is definitely well-deserved. Um, and so I was wondering, you know, when you f- were first starting out making music videos and you made your, your first few, was there a turning point where, you know, a, a, I guess a moment that you could pinpoint or a, or a video that you can pinpoint where you started getting noticed by, you know, all these large artists, you know, like um, Exhibit and, uh, um, you know, an Odd Future and all these guys? Um, I think I think with each video, it just kind of exposed, exposed me to, to new audiences. Um, obviously the little, the little Wayne gossip video that I started off with, that really got people, people, you know, got my name out there, got people looking at me. And then with the game, the Dope Boys video, that really created a fan base, created a buzz and, 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 and other West Coast artists and other artists really wanted to go to me for that, for my specific look at that, you know, as the time uh, continued to progress. So I really think those two were like the starting points as far as, um, I guess branding myself or really just kind of um, getting myself out there to these other artists and stuff. And and um, and now, you know, I just talked to Exhibit the other day. He has a new album coming out. We're working on, you know, a couple more music videos for him. And, and we're also releasing the Iraq video soon, too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think really those are the two videos that, um, that really kind of started it all off. And then obviously the Odd Future stuff now has really expanded my, um, my fan base and just really expanded my, you know... Um, the artists who are interested in doing music videos with me. That's what really I'm trying to do right now. Um, I just did a video for an alternative artist um, in the UK, and I did a video for uh, one of Randy Jackson's artists, which is a pop artist. So, and then obviously, you know, some of my work with Tyrese. So I'm really just trying to cross all genres and really just kind of reach out to all all different types of people and, and really just explore filmmaking with everybody. I wonder if we could talk, you know, about that, <clears throat> excuse me, about that Lil Wayne gossip video, because that, that um, that video is credited sometimes to have been the video that w- w- kind of like caused you to be f- discovered by Ski TV um, and DJ Ski. Now, was that, you know, something that you were trying to have happen, get discovered, or were you just kind of getting your content up on YouTube and trying to make that a part of what, you know, just was YouTube just like a channel to get your content out there? Yeah, at that point, you know, uh, if you've seen from my my other interviews, that I, you know, I was working at a, um, you know, at a at a small record label, and the label crashed, and and, uh, and I just decided to split. So I really had nothing. I, I I was, I had nothing at that point. I you know I had very little money, I had very little you know food, I had very little avenues as far as 
getting my name out there, I just had, I didn't really know what to do. So I just worked, worked as hard as I could. I was taking a lot of charges off Craigslist and this job came up to go film this concert for the opening act. And like I said, you know, the headline happened to be Wayne. And I just knew that if I, if I had some content with him and I had it out there, somebody would see it, something would happen. And, um, so yeah, I just took it by the, I took it by the horns and I just really, just really went hard. And that's why I had it out, you know, the next day or two days, two days later, because I knew other people were filming. I knew other things would be out. I knew there would be other content out. So I knew that I had to be the first one to have it out and it had to be amazing for that time period. And, and so I just went home and I edited it that night, stayed up all night, drove back to San Diego and, and had it up the next couple of days and, and, uh, got a, got an email from DJ Key and it's kind of all happened from there. Now, recently you left uh, Ski TV and started Modern Artist Creative, and have been working, you know, exclusively out of that for the for um, for the past little while. Hasn't been making music videos um, under that company. What has sort of changed, or what is uh, what sort of freedoms has that allowed you since you moved away from Ski TV? Yeah, I mean, um, it was just time for me to you know mature, really. So I decided just to kind of branch out and see what I was about there. And I really just wanted to create my own, my own brand. You know, I really wanted to just, um, and really be, um, and really be able to pick and choose the videos that I was able to do. You know, at CTV, we had such a, a small demographic, you know, more of the hip hop world. And, um, so we, you know, we didn't have too many choices as far as branching out and doing videos with other types of types of artists at that time. You know, since then, Ski's obviously grown and, um, and he's been able to cross over into a bunch of different genres. But at that time, you know, we were very, we were very hip hop, hip hop heavy. So that was one thing I really wanted to, one of, one of the things I really wanted to branch out and just kind of be a little bit more creative with, um, you know, shooting different genres and stuff. But I mean, it just really, really allowed me to kind of just be my own boss. I mean, I'm looking in, looking at, uh, bringing in some, some directors now, some younger directors to have on the roster and just kind of expand the modern artist creative, um, brand and, um, and just continue to create, you know, artistic, artistic pieces that, uh, people can can um, get some inspiration from. So you have uh, some, uh, uh, I guess you could call them collaborations or some relationships with a few artists that you've done series of videos for, one of them being uh, Exhibit. And you mentioned before that you had gone to Iraq uh, to shoot a music video and I believe a, a documentary with Exhibit. And I was wondering, that, you know, that's such a interesting place to go and to, you know, be working in the music video genre there. Um, I was wondering if you could walk us through why you were there and, um, and you know, what, what is going to come out of that project? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, I think that was the craziest phone call I've ever gotten in my life. You know, I hear the <laughs> call, I answer and he says, Hey, we're going to Iraq. And I just, I didn't really know what to say. I was kind of in shock. Um, but they, um, they wanted him to come and perform for the troops and really just talk and, and kind of bring some, bring a couple of friends that were going to be inspiring. So we brought, you know, his, um, his hype man and, and his DJ and, and, and I came out there too. And, um, we just went, he performed a bunch of shows and we really just, um, went and talked to the troops, you know, signed autographs. Just, and, you know, we really just hung out. We just, I, we didn't want to be stars. We didn't want to, you know, he didn't really want to separate himself from anything. We just really wanted to go and hang out and just kind of just let them know that we support them. And, um, and while we were there, obviously we knew going out, going out that we were going to shoot, so um, we decided we were going to shoot the Napalm music video, which is the the the, the uh, first single off his new album called Napalm, and um, and we're also just going to shoot a documentary 
about all the troops and just kind of what their experience was there and, and you know, how life was and, and really what they miss about home. Just kind of get to know them as, as, as people, not just, um, not just you know, the troops, not just the, the name of the troops. So that's kind of what the mission was as far as the documentary. Um, but, you know, the experience was something that I'll never forget. It was nothing that I could have anticipated, nothing that I could have planned for. Um, you know, flying in Blackhawks with the doors open and, and jumbo jets and just, I mean, just the whole thing. It was, you know, it was bulletproof vests, helmets, fatigues. I mean, you know, and obviously we weren't in the, in the line of fire necessarily, but, you know, you sure felt like it. You, you definitely were, were in a different world, in a different zone. So, um, so yeah, we have a music video coming out. Uh, should be releasing actually soon because this new album's coming out. We also, all the pictures that I took while I was there, are his cover artwork for the new album that's coming out. <clears throat> so that was pretty exciting. And um, and then also we have a documentary coming out uh, called Coming Home, and uh, we're just kind of finishing it up, tightening everything up. We're not sure what we want to do with it yet. There are some people who wanted, you know, some um, some some things that he might want to do with it. So we're kind of just um, just making sure that we have the right avenue to release that um, to release that out to the world. Now is the is the is the um, video the napalm video? It, does it follow him? Um, you know, sort of playing for the troops, going through that whole process, or does it use it Iraq as sort of a, a background for for the video yeah. itself? Yeah, no, we use we use Iraq more as a background, as, as more than um, you know that type of thing. A lot of that stuff we say for the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, we just shot in. I mean, we shot in the palace, uh, the, the victory over America palace, the, the palace that Saddam, when he claimed the victory over America, he built a palace. And uh, it was the first palace that that we actually hit, the first place that we hit when we bombed there. So we just went to very you know significant places and shot and shot performance scenes and and you know we got some a lot of, of B-roll from from the plane and just from the Blackhawks and and troops and just kind of the you know the whole the whole lifestyle out there that we mixed in there. Um, but it's definitely definitely an exciting music video and I think it was one of the funnest videos I've ever shot in my life uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, it's, I mean, it seems, you know, even shooting a music video, you know, over here in the U.S. where you have all, you know, logistics kind of set up for that is, like, is nerve-wracking enough. It seems like to fit that into a trip to Iraq would be, uh, you know, just like a kind of a feat on its own. Was it was it hard yeah. to secure locations or hard to, to, to get around there? Or did you guys have kind of the support of the military to kind of help you with that? Yeah, we did. I mean, they were very supportive. Obviously, they were very appreciative that that we were out there, and um, and, and also our personalities were very open. We were very friendly with them, and, and they had they had some other celebrities come out there that weren't that open with them. So they're you know once they kind of realized that we were just regular people, they opened all doors for us. And hey, we'll take you here. And hey, do you want to see this? And do you want to do this? And do you want to see this? And, um, and obviously, you know, I didn't have a crew. It was me. It was me in, in, in a camera with a couple lenses, and. Uh, you know, maybe using a white shirt for a bounce board. It was kind of taking everything back to high school and in, in film school days, really guerrilla style, and and really kind of just uh, you know, I think we were playing um, the music off the of iPhone or, or you know, we were just kind of <laughs> nice. uh, you know, I mean, you're in Iraq, so you're not you know, there's no trailers, there's no lights, you know what I mean? Um, we kind of just used whatever whatever resources were, were around us at that time, and a lot of times it was you know, you're traveling you know, to places that are not necessarily so safe, so you don't, you don't want to spend too much time at the location. It's just really just kind of jump out, get a couple shots, shoot it a couple times, maybe 10, 15 minutes max, get back into the car and, and, and you know, get back into the to the Humvee and, and ride out. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, this, you know, exhibit 
you know, approached you directly to work on the video and, and, and come to Iraq uh, with him was, is that typically how jobs come to you? The, the artist is approaching you directly. They're just like, they're ready to work, you know, with you in, uh, in particular, or, or is there a bidding process? Yeah, there's, there's two ways I go about it. I mean, there's a lot of artists who, you know, Tyrese, Odd Future, you know, um, Exhibit, you know, just, you know there's, there's a game, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, artists that I've, I work with regularly, so, you know, if Game wants to do a video, like, for instance, you know, Tyrese, we have a new video we're shooting, you know, he just called me directly, it wasn't, he didn't need to go through my, you know, my rep or anything like that, um, but then all the other jobs that we get goes to go through my rep, um, her name is Jamie Conn, she's over at Lark, and, um, so they go through there, and then and, and I'll, I'll figure out which ones I, I like, or which ones I want to write on, or which, you know, which artists I like to work with, and, and we write on them, and we kind of just go back and forth until, everyone's happy with what's on paper and then once that's all uh, figured out then we, we, we plan the date and, and show up to set so there's there's they come in they come in you know different ways now we're really big fans of your work with odd future with the, the internet videos the mellow hype and uh and the martians versus goblins videos are all really uh really kind of um they have a really interesting, like, cinematic quality to them, kind of like a nightmarish quality. Um, I was, I was wondering what it's like to work with an artist like Odd Future. You know, I they seem like they'd be a little bit, um, since you know, a lot of, you know, their other videos are directed by Tyler, the creator, or somebody within them. Yeah. They're a really creative group of guys. Um, when you're coming in as an external director to work with them and to kind of create their vision and their whole you know, they have such a, a, a recognizable kind of public persona and the art that they put out is really yeah. important. How do you, how do you handle that? Um, I mean, they're really, they're really, really mellow. I mean, they're actually just really, they're really fun, cool people to be around, you know, they're just, they're really normal kids, you know? Um, I mean, they're a little bit hyper and stuff, but they're very, they're very passionate about what they do. And, and so am I. So when, when you're, when you're both passionate about the art, it makes things a lot easier. <laughs> Excuse me. But they also, um, they also really trust me, you know. Um, I know their manager really well, Chris Clancy. He actually gave me the, the, my first music video, I mean, um, the game, Travis Barker, Dope Boys. That was through him over at Interscope. Um, so I've, I've known him for a while. So um, he called me as soon as, you know, he was working with Odd Future and really wanted me to meet them and just kind of vibe out with them. And I did a couple little promo spots for Tyler for the, um, for the Goblin um, album. And I uh, really got to know him and know everyone else and, so when they needed some videos, we just kind of went over what they wanted and, and hung out, ate some pizza, or just kind of hung out and talked about it. And once they kind of got out what they wanted, they, it was very just, okay, Matt, just, you know, we'll follow your lead type of thing. So that, that's really great, you know. And, and, and I always ask them, you know, hey, do you like the shot? Hey, do we like this? Do you like this? And I, I let them be very involved in the editing process. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, come over, you know, you know sit, with it, sit with me in the editing session kind of, you know, make sure that they like everything, and they're, they're really easy to work with, they're very, very easy to work with, so, and they're very passionate about what they do, and um, and I really like working with them because I'm, I'm actually able to do things that I truly, truly like, you know, some of the times when you work with the bigger labels, they're a little bit, you know, scared, or, or it might not necessarily fit the artist to do something out of the box like that, or, or to really do a narrative music video, so I really like being able to work with them because I can do things that are outside of the box, things that I, I, I enjoy doing and, and really be able to be narrative and, and, and really work on my cinematic skills. So it's definitely, definitely a fun process. Yeah, because I mean, especially the Martians versus Goblins in the 64 videos definitely have that 
that horror film look you know one's in a yeah. uh, you know like this abandoned asylum the others in this funeral home was there any horror movies that that you drew on for inspiration for those you know, look at those no you the craziest thing is that I had the idea for game in a, in, in a mental hospital, I think since I did Dope Boys. <clears throat> and at, at the time I did Dope Boys, we didn't really have that type of relationship at that point because it was more of a, a contracted job. Um, so I wasn't able to say, hey, let's do this. But I used to tell Ski, because you know, DJ Ski does a lot of mixtapes with, with game. So I would tell Ski, Ski, I want to do a video for game in a mental hospital. I want to do... And it just never it just never panned out. It never panned out. So... When um, when I finally got to, got the song sent to me, I knew I knew immediately that this was this was this was what we were gonna do. You know, I, I just I had this idea already. I wanted to be a straight jacket. I just I, I already I already had the vision in my head that the video went seamless. It was a great video, great energy, great set. So um, so I, I didn't really I, I'm I'm actually really not a horror movie fan at all. Um, but I think with some of the work that I've been doing, I, I feel like that genre might be my my style you know um so definitely looking at some some horror options right now um and it's definitely opened my eyes up to, to that genre of filmmaking it's just it's it's interesting uh a lot of times i'll you know we, we do a lot of research obviously before we we do interviews and, and a lot of times we oh. we see you as as called an up-and-coming director and and you know we we look at your work and you've got work with you know, not only artists who are, you know, incredibly significant right now, like Odd Future, but that have been, you know, significant for the last, you know, 15, 20 years of, you know, hip hop and, and music in general, like Cypress Hill and Ice Cube and Exhibit. Um, you know, I, I was just wondering, when when do you stop getting called an up and coming director? Like, what do you, do you think that there's a, a line that you, you haven't crossed or you think that people maybe aren't just familiar with the full scope of your work? Yeah, you know what? I never really look at that. I mean, sometimes I see it, but I think, I mean, I think one, you know, I'm not, I'm not super young, but at the time, at the time I started, excuse me, I was, you know, I was younger. I was 21, 22. So I definitely got that a lot, you know, and then now, now that I'm going into the film world and I'm going to these meetings, they think, you know, sometimes they look at me like I, I should be an intern, you know, like, oh, this guy's not coming in for the meeting, you know, so I'm not sure if that's necessarily my age or they don't know you know, um, you know how many videos I've done and how many hours I've put in. But at the same time, there's also that top tier of directors that are just really not moving. You know, and and um, so there's really not, there's really no, I don't know, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what line I, I need to cross to be able to, to 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 you know be into the next the next tier. But you know, I'm not really too concerned about that. I just I continue you know to do what I do and, and make sure you know I put my all into everything and. If they want to cross me over soon, then that's fine. If not, hey, that's fine. That's all right with me too, you know. Now you mentioned that you were, you know, working on crossing over in different musical genres for music videos, and I was just curious, you know, because you have a really large body of music video works. Arts are, you know, videos like "Long Gone" by Chris Cornell or the "Homeboy Hookup" by Nicole Krinsky. Are those? Um, do those fit into those that, that that mold of looking to kind of cross over into different genres? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris Cornell, I love I love that video. I love working with Chris Cornell. He was a great guy, easy to work with, um, and just had so much energy on camera. But yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of R and B. You know, which is really weird. I, I listen to it constantly. I work out to R and B. People think I'm crazy. You know, but uh, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really I really like. Yeah, no, it's really weird. I, and I like all. I just like I like vocals. I like vocals. I like being able to sing. Uh, obviously, I can't sing my I can't sing for anything in the world, but um, you know, I really like I like I like 
people who are able to sing and express themselves through that. So, um, and also I feel like there's a little bit more emotion. You know, rap music, it's, it's fine. We can do the, the videos, the hood videos, the whatever, whatever. But you can only do so many of those, you know, until you're pulling your hair out. So, <laughs> you know, I really just want to find music that has a lot of emotion to it, has a lot of um, feeling, so that I can really bring that across on screen and really, like I said, just really practice my cinematic skills and, and, and my subconscious storytelling and just really be able to connect with the, with, with the audience, um, which is hard to do when the, when the rap, you know, when the person's talking about booty shaking and drugs or whatnot, you know. So it's a little harder to do that. So that's kind of really why I want to cross over and um, just kind of explore my explore the options, you know, explore what's out there, and really try to figure out how far I can push myself and and, uh, and you know just how you know where my limits are. As a music video director, is it is it sometimes a concern to be kind of put into a genre in terms of you know I direct rap music videos, or I direct you know this kind of music videos? Is is that ever sort of a a, a worry for you? Oh, absolutely! Every every day. Um, that's something when I got when I when I left CTV, I really looked at a couple of reps, and I just really wanted to see where their kind of heads were at, and just kind of figure out what their plan was for me. And that's kind of really why I went with Jamie. I went with Lark, and I just felt like um, she was going to be able to expand, you know, expand my horizons, really bring me into different genres and and bring me to, to different artists, and and kind of just you know expand my, you know, like I said, just expand the genres and, and really just. Um, give me in with some different people. So um, it's definitely a worry of mine. I, I just sent her, you know, last time I talked to her, I just told her, I said, hey, I really, you know, I really want some R&B or some really, you know, some really emotional music. I really want to shoot some visuals that are very powerful and, and, and very meaningful. So um, that's kind of what we're looking for right now. Um, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm definitely, my ears are always open and I'm, my options are always open. And, um, you know, I take them what I like and, and kind of go from there. But yeah, it's definitely a concern. You never want to get boxed. And it's just like, I think it's just like anything else. You know, you just, you want to be able to cover everything. And I want people to be able to trust me. If 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 I, they want to do a heavy metal video or, or you know, an R&B video, I just want them to be able to say, you know what, he, he can do it. He can kind of do it all. He can kind of cover all the ranges. So. And, and what's that process like signing with a, with a rep? Is it, is it like a LeBron James style decision? Or is it, uh, is it, is it not quite actually like signing a contract. Yeah, how does how does that work? Uh, it's more of a it's more of a of a of a of a word. It's, it all depends. You know, they're all different. You know what I mean? Um, they're all they're all very different. But it's very important. It's very. I don't know if it's the LeBron James type of thing because you can kind of leave at any time, or you know, both parties can leave at any time. Um, <clears throat> I can say, hey, I'm not happy. She can say, hey, I'm not happy with what you're doing. Or whatever. We we have the option to be out of, of the thing. But <clears throat> at the same time, that person is representing your work. That person is speaking for you um, when she's talking to the labels or when they're talking to the labels or they're talking to artists or they're talking to marketing people. Whoever they're talking to, they're talking for you. You know, they're, they're your mouthpiece. So you have to be very, very cautious, you know, um, especially, you know, a lot of advice I give to the younger kids is really be cautious. You know, so a lot of the young kids are not going to be able to get reps at this point in their career, but I just tell them when they do, you know, make sure that person is speaking, you know, make sure they're talking what you want them, you know, to, to talk about. So... Um, definitely something you need to think long and hard about, and, and make sure that you, you know you have the right home. And uh, and I definitely feel like I do, and I feel like uh, you know, she speaks very well for me, and and it's working, it's working, working great so far. Now I was wondering, I was wondering if you could provide us some insight on something that we uh, 
have talked a lot about on the podcast, and that is moving from music videos to features. Because, as I understand it, I think you mentioned before that uh, you know you're looking to move into features. And uh, am I right? You're in. You're you're working on a feature right now, or at least in development. Yeah, we have a feature script that we've been working on um, uh, probably for about two years, but it's so hard with um, finding time. You know, the time is uh, is a very a very elusive thing for me. Um, even sleep is a very elusive thing for me. So yeah, time time is a, is a little is a little a little hard with that. But um, I have an agent over at ICM um, who reps me for feature films. Um, I'm constantly sent scripts, you know, that he he thinks will fit for me, or you know, just sends them to me to see if I like them or or stuff like that. Uh, scripts that are open, um, and uh, so I read those. I go to a lot of meetings with a lot of these big studios, Paramount. And, I mean, I go to all the studios, and I just kind of do meet and greets and. And then once I like a script, we, we, we go and talk about the script. And, and uh, if we get to the next, the next level, then I'll do some sort of uh, presentation for it, you know, my interpretation of the script. Um, so, I mean, there's, it's just a longer process um, than a music video. You know, you got to remember these people are trusting or are entrusting you with millions of dollars. And I'm sure it's not going to be a handshake and say, hey, yeah, you're our guy. It's going to take a lot of meetings <laughs> and just make sure that they're very comfortable with me and, and uh, they trust my vision. And that's something I'm okay with. You know, I understand where they're coming from. I understand it's a hard economy right now. I understand, you know, where the move, where the movie industry and film industry is right now. And, and, you know, even some of the big directors are having a hard time finding, you know, make, uh, finding movies that they, that they can create. So, um, so uh, you know, and also... I wrote a short film, which which we which we just shot, and um, you know I'm, I'm working on the editing and stuff like that. And that was kind of just a, more of a of a, you know more of a sampler, something that people could look at and say, okay, he's ready for the next level, or okay, he has you know with with this and his body of music video work, you know that's enough for us to kind of see what he's about. You know, let's see let's see what you know what he can do with the next level. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options out there. You know, we'll see how the script goes, how, how, how much it can finish up. Um, but I'm definitely looking for, you know, looking at all all my options when it comes to the film world. So we'll see which one uh, which one opens up first. Is there anything, you know, from your experience as a music video director, you know, looking at this world of feature films right now, like any advice or anything that surprised you about the whole process that, you know, you know, talking to you know people who are younger music video directors or just starting out. You know what I'm I'm learning I'm learning now and I'm learning as I grew I really wish I knew kind of earlier is that you know your connections and they told me that when I was in, in film school but I just didn't register I guess they registered to me more as as uh, as in the film world but your connections you know in the music in the music video industry just your relationships whether they're with the artists whether they're with management whether they're with the commissioners whether they're with somebody at the label those relationships are very 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 important and those those relationships are really gonna carry you obviously you need to have the talent you need to have the work ethic you need to have all those other things those are those are just you need to have those you know um but but the relationships will really help the rest of you know all the other things that you have and it really just kind of progress you a little bit faster than than they would if you didn't have those you know i've been i've been grateful to have people around me who've had a lot of great relationships and you know have allowed me to have a lot of great relationships when i was younger um, I, I can't even say younger because it was only a couple of years ago. But even then, I just didn't really, I didn't really understand that. So um, now that I do, you know, it's something that I, I definitely um, tell tell kids and, and just, you know, really want people to understand that.
Have you ever seen those fake celebrity Twitter accounts? Um, it'll be like Will Ferrell with like uh, three L's for yeah, Will. It's all like jokes, like yeah, like just like really, like oftentimes horrible jokes or just like really obvious jokes or really old jokes, and they get like a billion retweets and they have hundreds of millions of followers. And some people think it's actually Will Ferrell, and other people are like, whatever. I know it's not really Will Ferrell, but it's <laughs> mad funny, yo. Anyway. Uh, that's no one in particular. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I've, I saw one from a fake Will Ferrell, a fake Will Ferrell on Imager once, and it said, um, "I went to bed and I forgot to turn my swag off, and I woke up covered in bitches." Is that that was to uh, turn my swag on. I think uh, one criticism of Matt Alonzo that we could lob is that uh, his video for uh, "Turn My Swag On" by Soldier Boy, tell him is encourages kids to be extremely uh financially fiscally irresponsible. Uh yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, uh a kid's going to see that video and think, uh oh, I've got this big pile of diamonds that uh, I was going to put in a safe in a safe place. Instead, let me just en- empty out the cereal from this box and put the diamonds in there instead. Soldier Boy seems to think that that's the right way to go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a little socially irresponsible on the part of Soldier and Matt, maybe. I don't know. I, I just I, I think we should bring up the point that diamonds are completely inedible, uh, especially, even if you put milk in them. Um, yeah, it doesn't soften them up at all. It's It's... You know, you you turn you put like a CPA in for that video, and you you know show them what's happening. You see Soldier Boy getting up in the morning. He goes downstairs, and he has a box of that you know a box of, that has been designed specifically for him, probably at great cost, full of what looks like several They're, million no, those dollars. Those are real diamonds. Like we didn't talk about this video because we just assumed it to be true that. Turn My Swag On by Soldier Boy is a documentary style music video in that this is all just a day in Soldier Boy's life. None of this is dramatized. Eating just eating regular just eating diamonds every day for no reason. And that can't be like come going in it hurts. Coming out. No, th- this is where we stop. Uh this is where we stop and we and we swing it we swing it around to the picks. Picks of the week. That's right. Picks of the week. Uh, Doug, you want to go first, or should I go first? Uh, I think I think you're queued up here. Sounds good. Um, so my pick of the week is for a band that I just recently got into, Passion Pit, and their song uh, that this video for is called "Constant Conversations" off of their new album Gossamer. It was directed by Dory um, Oskowitz. And it is set at a kind of a swanky party, not like a swanky cheesy party, but you know, a party where it's, you know, people that look like they're loaded. Um, everybody looks like they're out of a J. Crew catalog. And uh, it uh, is interesting because, you know, the visual medium is one where we're always trying to make sense of what we're seeing, right? We're kind of trained to see things and kind of synthesize them in our brain and figure out what they mean. So, you know, especially things like facial features and when, you know, the camera is trained on an action or a movement, we kind of try to figure out where that happens, kind of figures into the whole plot. And this whole video for Constant Conversations is sort of an interesting experiment with that, is the way I see it. Basically what we're shown is little vignettes of things happening at this party. 
sometimes there's sort of glances or you know actions by people or situations that we see that hint at inner you know kind of relationships between people or you know things that are going on and the funny thing is, or not the funny thing, but I guess the interesting thing is, is that there's no real, even if you watch it a few times, it doesn't seem like there's any real plot to follow. Um, there's nothing that you need to really get. Uh, you're basically kind of manipulated in a way to you know, seeing these different interactions and trying to figure them out, but there's nothing really to figure out. Um, and it, this is a really neat job of you know, showing you these things, um, you know, the complexity of social situations, or complexity of social interactions and networks that can be present at, you know, one one party and how they all fit together, and how sometimes, even if we'd like them to, it doesn't really make sense. So, you know, it's it's not it's not sort of like a, a flashy video by any means, um, but it is you know it's four minutes and thirty seconds, and it really holds your attention from A to B without you know having people jumping over bridges or people sticking their heads in animals' mouths and things like that. Things that usually keep me interested in the music video. Um, really well done. And it also has uh, a few um, interesting people who are, you may know, but every article I've read about this mentions them. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich, who uh, was Dr. Melfi's psychiatrist, or psychotherapist in Sopranos. Um, as well as a few other actors and actresses that you may recognize. So check it out, Past and Pit, Constant Conversations, directors Dory Hotskovitz. Hotskovitz. Yeah, Hotskovitz. Did I say it right? No, you probably did. Thanks. Probably did. That was good. Um, my pick of the week is by a South Korean gentleman named Sai. Uh, maybe it's PSY. I'm not really sure um, the proper way to say it or or read it because I've only seen it written. I've not heard anyone say it. Nobody nobody said it to me yet. So I'm only gonna guess. And the song is called Gangnam Style. Uh, that I have heard said, which is why I'm better at saying that slightly only slightly. Um, and this video is flashy. Um, and is spectacular. Um, you may have seen this video already because it's uh, it's gone viral, you guys, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's gone viral and uh, very popular on the internet. Um, this gentleman, I'm gonna call him Sai. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, you know, I, I'd be wrong about a lot of things that go on in South Korea because I've never been there, um, and so I don't think I'm supposed to be too. Um, informed about what goes on over there and especially I don't think I'm supposed to be entirely um, responsible to be you know to know how to say this guy's name what the hell Pro are you talking about I don't even know <laughs> uh, I just want to use my pick of the week from last time um, anyway this video uh, is great size a great dancer he's a great singer and this video shows both of those things off it also shows off horses and um, uh, great clothes and culture and more dancing. And uh, some of the dancing is very aggressive and, uh, and angry. And some of it is also very flashy and fun. And uh, some of it is very suggestive. All of this video is great. Enjoy every moment of it as I did. You probably already have. Um, 
but I'm telling you to do it again. So check it out, Ganyam style. Doug Clinger's pick of the week. Wow, well that's 50 episodes, Doug. Man, 50 episodes, we still have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> well that's it for <clears throat> us, 50 episodes. That's, that's one a week for our, our I don't know. It's, it's, it's 25 times two. If you want to follow us, if you want to get the scoop, it's all on the things that you want to know about via filmed insert, then follow us. Like we said, any website in the world, type it in dot slash filmed insert. Of course, twitter.com slash filmed insert, uh, facebook.com slash filmed insert, um, adidas.com slash filmed insert, nbcolympics.com slash filmed insert, um, reddit.com slash filmed insert. Anything you want filmed insert, we're there. Uh, we're always there for you. Um, There's, there are currently 98 subreddits dedicated to filmed insert. Um, none involve rape. So, sorry about that.